0: Everybody out there watching, listening, however you may be consuming this—if it's your first time here—welcome uh, to the Talking About Podcast. I'm your boy TW, and yeah, talk about wrestling, fun stuff, stuff that I like, whatever's on my mind. Um, and I'm not gonna take up too much of your time, but it's the first time doing a Twitch stream here. This should be fun. Uh, this will be uploaded later in YouTube and also out on you know podcasts through all the anchor platforms where I'm at but if there was one topic in the world of wrestling that I had to hit on had to touch on had to talk about it's Cody Rhodes. Right, it's Cody Rhodes. We just came out of WrestleMania weekend, and the funny thing about WrestleMania is, you know, it's this big thing that we look forward to all year, and especially if you're a wrestling fan, you know, this is the thing that the whole the whole industry is looking forward to this weekend, right? WrestleMania shows, um, and it really should be the the culmination of storylines we've been watching all year, but the funny thing about WrestleMania. And I've been telling people this, and wrestling fans know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. WrestleMania is not really for wrestling fans. It's not. WrestleMania is for people who kind of like wrestling, who know that there's, you know, a big thing, you know, wrestling something they used to watch back in the day, or they're, one of their favorite celebrities is participating in this thing, and they just want to see how it is, you know, what, what it's like seeing one of their favorite celebrities to participate in this particular thing. And, um, and so they jump on, you know what I mean? They, they jump on, they check it out. You know, they're like, oh, hey, what, what's Ronda Rousey been doing since she's no longer in UFC? Or, oh, Logan Paul, I hate that guy. What's he doing? He's doing WrestleMania? Oh, I hope somebody punches him in the face, right? Like, so... This, this is the whole thing beyond, behind WrestleMania. Like They do this great job of finding ways for WrestleMania to appeal to people who don't really watch wrestling. Don't watch wrestling, don't like wrestling, don't really care about wrestling. But WrestleMania is such a great spectacle. And the thing that WWE does better than anyone is create moments, right? And so, this year's WrestleMania was full of moments. Full of moments. Like, so much so... They had Stone Cold, you know, two nights in a row. Uh, you know, one night he had the he main event at the first night of, of WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. And then came out the second night and did his traditional, you know, uh give Vince the worst stunner of all time, then give, you know, guy after guy after guy the stunner. And it was dope, man. It was so much fun. So much fun. No matter how many times you've seen that gag, like Stone Cold Steve Austin you know, saying, have a beer with me. And then, you know, person drinks the beer, they just always fall for it, right? And then kick them in the gut, stunner. It just never gets old. So there was, of course, plenty of that. And again, like, I got no beef with it. It's fine with me. Like, I I enjoyed it. Um, and then, you know, we, we got to the main event, Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar. They called it the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. That wasn't the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. But, um but they made it feel that way right they made it they made they made it feel like this was a really big deal you know it was title versus title unification you know first people were beefing about oh well it says title versus title but it's not unification then you know oh it is unification but they're not going to they're not going to keep it unified for long and you know people are always going to find some way to complain but it was a title versus title unification you know Brock Lesnar and and Roman Reigns between the two of them have smoked everybody on the roster, right? Like Bobby Lashley has been presented so strongly, but in terms of working with Brock Lesnar, they've made him look just like anybody else. They made him look just like anybody else. So let me put on some headphones, see if I can hear a little better, hear myself a little better. It's weird sometimes not having on the headphones because you, um, sometimes when you have it on, you can hear like a little bit of your own feedback, and it blocks out some of the other noise. And in this case, I'm talking, but I'm not hearing anything. And it's a little bit weird. So let me just see if this helps me a little bit. Okay. That feels much more normal. Because I'm actually hearing my own voice now back in my in my headphones. And it feels more natural to me. So anyway, as you guys know, through Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, they've just basically smashed the whole roster, right? They smashed the whole roster. And what I think is is the negative consequence of that is you're going to get to your Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match you're going to have your Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match but at the end of it nobody else matters right and that's kind of where I felt like we were heading into Wrestlemania I think Seth Rollins is a perfect example right like Seth Rollins you know he's 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 a great professional wrestler you know like you know, he's, he's, he's beaten Brock Lesnar. He's beaten Roman reigns. He's beaten everybody who's anybody like his resume is, is really right up there with the Brock Lesnar's and the Roman reigns. Like if they were to do a story where Seth Rollins were to go on one of those year long title reigns where he's beating everybody, I don't think anybody would really flinch. Right. Because if you look at what Seth Rollins has done up to this point, he's on equal footing. Right. But in this year, and a, a, another perfect, another example: Bobby Lashley, right? Bobby Lashley has been killing people. Now, unfortunately, it, it looks like WWE did a, a fun experiment where they were, uh, you know, pushing black wrestlers, and it looks like that experiment is over. But, 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 it looks like Bianca Belair and Bobby Lashley came out strong on the other side of that. So I think they're going to go back to pushing Bobby Lashley like the monster that he is. But the problem is, again, when they put him up against Brock Lesnar, they minimized him so badly, right? Like he beat Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble, but they did it in a way where it wasn't really Lashley that beat him. It was Roman's interference that beat Brock Lesnar, right? And it, like like they had Roman come in, hit Brock Lesnar with the title, and then Bobby Lashley cover him. Bobby Lashley didn't give him a spear after that. He didn't do anything to pile on and make it feel like um, you know like like he was the one who was the cause for his victory. They wanted to make sure that we knew that Roman Reigns was the cause for Bobby Lashley winning. So, as dominant and as great as Bobby Lashley had been presented. That took some of the air out of his sails, right? And then we knew as soon as the Royal Rumble was over, Brock Lesnar was, you know, saying that this is going to be title for title at WrestleMania. And I was like, "Mm, he said that too many times. So once he mentioned it, you know, a couple of times, I knew, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And I knew that he was going to get the title right back at elimination chamber, especially once they announced Brock was in the elimination chamber. And I was like, oh God, is Brock Lesnar really going to have beaten every black WWE champion for the title. And yes, that was 100% the plan, but unfortunately, Bobby Lashley got hurt and he wasn't able to uh he wasn't able to actually have the match with Brock Lesnar, right? But otherwise that that 100% would have happened. Now, why am I talking about this? Because I'm just emphasizing again how much Every person was minimized to get to Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. So we got to WrestleMania. We had the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. It happened. Yay. Woo. Tribal Chief got two bouts. Right. Great. Cool. But what now? Right. Now what? Right. And it's wrestling. Right. They'll come up with something. But I think that, you know, for some of us, the fans who actually are watching all the time, like it just can get a little bit annoying. It get, it can get a little bit annoying. So now, you know, I've already seen the advertisements. I saw the advertisements last week for uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the universal title. They're coming back to the New York area in May next month. And that, that's what they're doing. Roman Reigns versus Brock, uh, versus Drew McIntyre. So, so we're going to move on to Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, which I knew, by the way, because I could tell if you look at what they were doing with Drew McIntyre, they were keeping him super strong right like I, I'm so resentful of watching Drew McIntyre like as a fan when I watch Drew McIntyre and I see how strongly they present him right like here's a perfect example and you guys again probably saw this but I'm just saying it anyway <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago Drew McIntyre was supposed to have a uh, a six-man match right he had two partners but when the match started <laughs> His two partners were in the back getting beat up. And then the three guys came and Drew McIntyre beat all of them up and still won the match. And I'm like, dude, oh my God. Which is, look, it's fine. But whenever I see that, all it does is remind me of the fact that Kofi had the title for six months. You never did anything like that with him. Biggie had the title for three months. You never did anything like that with him. So it, it makes me feel like WWE never truly wanted us to see those guys as strong characters. And then we, the fans get out here and say, say dumb stuff like, Oh, uh, we, we were, we were fake. We were fake supporting those guys, but when they really needed us, we weren't there for them. Like, no, no, it's not about the fans. It was not about the fans because you guys have been convinced that Vince McMahon is putting things out there, seeing how you react to it. And then making this, the decision on, who is or isn't going to be presented as a star. And that's just not the case. They decide who they're going to present as a star and you're going to take it and you're going to like it. And that's it. That's it. That's the, that's the only answer because you're not going to, you're not going to not watch. You've shown him that you're, you're going to watch no matter what. So he'll book the stars. He wants to book and you can boo them or you can cheer them. And he'll just tell the announcers to say they're polarizing. Are they, are they really, are they polarizing or is that you just don't like them? Right? Fans have a right to choose who they like and who they don't like, right? And and here we are, right? So here we are. We're we're out of WrestleMania. And we're looking for we're looking for, you know, what's 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 next? Where where are these stories going? And there was one thing that I think is unquestionably the biggest story coming out of night one on WrestleMania. And it should have been Bianca Belair, you know, finally getting her title back from Becky Lynch in what was the best match of the two nights and the best story of the two nights. That should have been the biggest story coming out of WrestleMania. But was it? No, the biggest story coming out of WrestleMania was the return of the prodigal son, Cody Rhodes, the son of a plumber, right? And, oh, I'm sorry. The son of the son of a plumber, right? Um, listen, the Cody Rhodes story, I think, is is actually is, is a really great story. It's, it's a really great story. Um, like, the real life story is a really great story, right? Like, Cody Rhodes got in to the WWE because his dad is a wrestling legend, right? He's wrestling royalty. And when he when he first was in WWE, he was definitely trying to find his way. He was trying to find his voice. He was trying to find his character, right? Like a lot of people point out when he was doing Legacy and he was wearing no knee pads and how weird that looked. And, and I agree. I agree. I mean, like it looked weird. Like clearly he didn't have it all together, but like, if you pay attention, a lot of superstars don't have their, their on-screen personality together when they first hit TV. But the good ones get chance after chance after chance. Like, listen, go back and look in the archives. Look at how long it took Randy Orton to really find, like, footing as a character. Now, listen, that's just that's just me saying that because you listen to these, you know, Everything is sunny. Everything WWE does is great. You know, oh, oh God! Listen to the documentaries, and they'll tell you he was a hit from the first time he ever you know stepped on te- television. But for me, for a fan who's been watching for a very long time, it's like a really long time for Randy Orton to connect with me as a, as like a true villain. And I think that the um, the first time I really you know saw Randy Orton was like this guy matters was. He had gone away for something, but it was the first time he came back on TV and he had the full arm sleeves, you know, uh, tattooed. It, It wasn't the tattoos that made him, you know, feel or seem like a like a big deal as a character. But it was just at that moment, there was something more, more sinister, more, more, more serious about his presentation. And it just it just clicked. It just clicked that this guy was here, and he had bad intentions, and 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 this is what was going to go down, and so it takes a while to hit like that. Again, look at how many look how many um, oh god, who's this guy? Jack Swagger. Look how many how many times they tried to repolish and repackage Jack Swagger, right? Like the people they want to get chance get chance after chance after chance, and Cody really didn't get that, right? Like Cody got. I would say one honest repackaging, right? One honest repackaging. When they switched him away from Legacy and he started doing the dashing Cody Rhodes thing, which at first I didn't necessarily love, right? But he really grew into it, right? He grew into it more and more. And then I think it really hit his peak when they did the thing with Rey Mysterio gave him the 619 but he had the knee brace on and he supposedly like you know shattered Cody's face. I don't know if it was a real broken nose or what, but he's like wearing the face mask all the time and you know he was doing something like, "Oh, don't don't look at me. I'm hideous." And I just I thought it was great. It was such it was a good character. It was a fun character. You know what I mean? It re- it really um that was was what I thought was his championship character. Like that was that was a character I thought would have been Uh, had a great run as the WWE champion. I mean, this is at a time when they were trying, like, The Miz as WWE champion, right? So it's not like there was some, you know, incredible standard of, you know, how great of a villain you had to be in order to be WWE champion. Um, But listen, Vince didn't see it that way. Vince didn't see it that way. Vince has never seen Cody that way. And it's part of that due to uh, some, some sort of, Underlying animosity he has towards Dusty Rhodes? Maybe. Maybe, you know, we'll never know. I, I doubt Vince will ever tell that to us, you know, out, out here publicly. But Cody certainly felt that way, right? And I'm sure Dusty certainly felt that way. That there was always a thing, right? There was always a thing about wanting the Rhodes family to be presented as secondary. Uh, compared to the McMahon family, right? Because Dusty Rhodes, for those of you who don't know, Dusty Rhodes was a a a a booker, a promoter of territories that rivaled Vince McMahon and WWE for a long time, right? So he was obviously a great wrestling mind but he competed with Vince McMahon right and that's why you know when when he signed with Vince McMahon um, he put him in in the polka dots and had him doing the 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 skits where you know he was like uh, you know something where he was like working in a toilet or so I, I don't know, I don't know or, work, or working as like a plumber it was the the whole son of a plumber thing and um and uh, you know, they have they gave him the 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 woman sapphire, which is, you know, has has some racial undertones that I don't love. But um, uh, <clears throat> but there was always a thing, right? There was always a thing about the, you know, McMahon over roads, right? There was always a thing. And again, like that was never lost on Cody, right? And so uh so Cody always thought he could do more, right? And He really pushed for more and he was told, you know, we just don't see you as that type of player. Like we don't see you as as a feature player like that um, on our shows, on our, or in our organization. And so, you know, look, what did he do? You know, he did what we should all do. If you work for an employer and they tell you that they just don't see you getting promoted, you should leave, right? Like don't leave and do nothing, right? But leave and go prove your worth. Leave and go prove your worth. And by the way, that's what everybody says they're going to do when they leave WWE. They say they're going to leave. They're going to, you know, prove Vince wrong. They're going to, you know, uh, show the, show them what they're worth. They're going to come back and they're going to be a main eventer. That's what most people think they're going to do. Do most people do it? No, they don't. But Cody did, right? So, so what did Cody do, right? Cody left and he hit the indies. He hit the indies hard. He hit all the popular indies. He he did you know Ring of Honor, he did New Japan, he did NWA, he did Global Force Wrestling, he did Impact Wrestling, TNA. Um, you know, he 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 did it all. Like Kobe, Kobe Cody really truly went out and became the people's champ. Right? Like he used his his WWE notoriety com- combined with his uh his, his his legacy, his real life pedigree as wrestling royalty, right? like people know his name people know his father's name and it's undeniable right and he used that to go around to the indies and be the superstar that the people could actually see that they could actually touch at your local your your, your local indie show signing autographs right like not in some big major WWE production that's going to you know cost you an arm and a leg to go to you can go and you can see Cody and get an autograph from him and and all of that right he really he really 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 went and 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 became the people's champion. He got the support of all the people from no matter what organization you were supporting, Cody went and worked at that organization and and he gained the approval of the fan bases from those various organizations. And then somewhere along the line, he met up with the Young Bucks and with Kenny Omega and started working with the Elite And where a lot of people saw a very niche segment of of wrestling, a niche style of wrestling, Cody, because of his business acumen, right, because his father, again, in the business for a long time, and because, you know, working in WWE for a long time, if you're smart and if you open your eyes and if you sit under the right people, you're going to learn some good business, right? And so when Cody got a chance to get to that Ring of Honor, New Japan space, and he got to work with the Bullet Club and the Elite and all these guys, he saw that not only is this, some people might see this as like a niche style of wrestling, but this is actually a fan base, a market that is being underserved, being underserved with a high quality, high production level, American based product. And to his credit, right? Like he galvanized them, you know, and 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 he put together the 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 the. the I, listen, I don't, I don't have the the papers of like who organized what, but AEW, all in. None of that happens without Cody Rhodes, right? Cody Rhodes is the one who answered the Dave Meltzer tweet when Dave Meltzer replied to a fan uh, who asked if any other organization could you know sell out a 10,000 seat arena and Dave Meltzer said something like you know basically no and Cody replied to that and said challenge accepted and y'all know that was the genesis of how All In was was born right All In was a huge 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 success and you know he they, they, they got the wheels in motion found Tony Khan got in bed with TNT and AEW became a thing right AEW became a thing and like and and again AEW if you go back to that early that early marketing the early presentation it was Cody Rhodes and some indie guys like it was Cody Rhodes is the name you know Cody Rhodes is the name you know from WWE you know Cody's dad you know what I mean the legacy the all the connections to the NWA look how much AEW has has positioned itself as having connections to to NWA and WCW well well, Cody Rhodes is the link that made that all possible right Cody Rhodes is the, the 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 person who you know he was he was he had the the wrestling business uh knowledge right to help Tony Khan learn how to run his organization right and of course obviously at some point You know, they got to a point where there was some creative difference. There was some salary difference. Who knows exactly what was the linchpin? But the situation became untenable. And so what Cody had started as uh, as an alternative and as a, uh, uh, you know, the revolution, right, became his former employer. And listen, like, again, like, let's 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 not let's not be naive here. When anyone leaves WWE, your plan is always to show them your value so that they come back and pay you more, right? People would always say that uh, when when a company fires you, the best thing you can do is come back and sell the company something, like become a consultant, right? Become a consultant. Make the company hire you for more money than they were paying you before, right? And for way less work, right? And so... that is effectively what Cody did. Cody went out, he became a much bigger star and now he's got WWE giving him a contract that he wants that allows him to do outside things and he's going to be presented as a star. Like you can tell by his entrance, right? They they let him use his, mess, his 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 music from AEW. Um, you know, like he's got the the wwe doesn't even currently use a stage platform that allows for someone to rise from under it but you can see if you if if, if you look at any of the fan videos they built like a little platform just for cody to, to rise up and do that entrance that people know from aew right so so cody's back right That was the biggest story coming out of wrestlemania weekend and here's what i love here's what i love cody showed up on monday night raw and he did something that wrestlers who are on WWE TV each and every week fail to do, not necessarily through their own fault, but, you know, mostly probably through the writing fault. But nonetheless, he did something that most wrestlers in WWE fail to do. He told us who he was, what he wants, and why it matters to him. He he showed an old picture of his dad from uh from from Madison Square Garden where he had won the WWF title but they did a a dusty finish. A dusty finish is when they, you know, they do like a fake finish and then they like they'll have the ref run in and restart the match or reverse the decision or something like that so the crowd can see it get the pop and then, you know, you do the thing to try and keep them coming back the next time. And the story he basically told was he saw that he saw this picture and he said, dad, you you won the title like Hulk Hogan. And, you know, and, and, you know, his dad told him, well, you know, I thought I did, but you know, it didn't work out like that. And Cody said, he knew when he was, I think he said eight years old, he knew that his mission was to win that title and deliver it to his dad and do it so that no one could take it back. And man, listen, Regardless of what you might think of Cody, right? Like his promos are hit or miss, but this one, he knocked out of the park. He knocked it out of the park because the emotion was something that, you know, so many people can relate to, right? Like just the idea of wanting to make your family proud, you know, wanting to build a legacy, wanting to fulfill a legacy. And then you add in the element that, you know, because his father passed away, that he won't be able to physically, deliver the title to his father, but the idea that he is going to be driven to get that title and symbolically deliver it to his family. Like, bro, that's a story. That's a WrestleMania story. And I hope they don't rush it because that, that's a story that has no, there, there's no time limit on executing that story right? Like this is, this is not something you have to do by SummerSlam. This is not something you have to do in the next couple of weeks. This is a long-term story, right? Like tell the journey. This is called a hero's journey, right? In, in, um, in, in filmmaking, right? Like there's, there's like certain models for storytelling. And one of them is the hero's journey, right? And like, and it's basically you present your hero, you present your stakes You create situations that makes it really hard for your hero to achieve those stakes. And then ultimately, you know, they succeed. And it's a winning formula. Go look at any movie you love. It's probably based around this concept of the hero's journey. And Cody Rhodes clearly laid out, that's what we're doing here. And because of the way the story is designed, because I know the players. See, this brought me back to, the way I felt about Cody when he first left WWE. Now listen, often AEW, you know, with everything he was doing, Cody lost me. Not going to lie. Cody lost me. When he did his promo, did, you know, like his, uh, his, his Anthony gogo promo where he dropped the line about like, we don't know what to do during the national anthem. I was like, yo, F this guy. Cause it was just, it just, it felt arrogant and a whole lot of things that, that I'm just not going to get into right now. But Cody lost a lot of people along the way with, um, with a lot of things. You know what I mean? With, with, with a lot of things. Like by the time he left AEW, he was not the most likable character. But instantly, instantly upon coming back to WWE. Not just because he's in, not because he's in WWE, right? Like I, I'm not saying I like this guy because he's in WWE. I like this guy now because he, I'm rooting for this character now because I love the story. He's talking about winning one for Dusty, which I love, right? Because I'm, I'm a kid. I grew up in, uh, in, in in rural North Carolina, right? So I watched like NWA and I saw, you know, Dusty Rhodes when he was booking the NWA. And like, I thought, you know what I mean? I thought Dusty Rhodes was dope, man. I thought Dusty Rhodes was great. And so, you know, Cody's out here trying to, again, trying to win one for Dusty, trying to you know, uh, reestablish his family name, reestablish his family legacy, and listen, man, I think it's a winning formula. I think it's a winning formula. It's a story that I'll be rooting to see him accomplish. And, and I hope, by the way, I hope that he accomplishes it next year at WrestleMania in LA because I will be there and I would just love to see the completion of that story. And honestly, look, with what they've been doing with Roman Reigns, there's no reason to take the title off Roman Reigns anytime soon. If you have Cody complete and fulfill his legacy by winning the title from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania next year. Oh man. Oh man. That's a story, man. That's a story. That that's a story. That'll be a moment. And like, again, all the footage is out there, all the legacy stuff is out there. And I think like for the first time in a really long time, WWE can have some genuinely compelling television by telling the story by making Cody the hero make Cody the primary hero and his job his goal is chasing down his 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 father's legacy you know what i'm saying and and listen bro again that's a story a lot of people can get behind that's a story a lot of people can get behind and and i know that i for one will be rooting for Cody um in in his pursuit to you know win the title that his father was never able to bring home <laughs> So that's that's where I'm at with that man. That's where I'm at with that man. There's, there's um, you know a lot of things going on in the wrestling world. Always, um, if you guys enjoyed this little chat, you can follow me at tw talking on Twitter. You can follow uh, my podcast page at talking about pod. You can follow my YouTube page at talking about pod. And um, yeah, man. Follow me on all my links. Um, if you guys, you know, like this, you know, hit your like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get notifications any and every time I am coming on your airwaves. Um, I enjoy doing this. this; is a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy the content. Again, like I said, if you, uh, if, if, you if, if, if you rock with it, if you enjoy it, uh, one of the best things you can always do. Is tell a friend To tell a friend As always bring More people Into the conversation Um i And um, Until next time Peace